podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. My name is Az and I'm joined by our Deputy Editor Tom Freeman. How are you Tom? Yeah, good thanks Az. Good to join you for this. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a quieter week this week in the international break. So good chance to kind of reflect and uh, kind of refocus for the running I guess. But yeah, all good. Looking forward to having a chat. Yeah, well, Neil loves these international breaks. He always says it's a chance for him to kind of unwind a bit. I can imagine him, you yeah. know, just kicking back on a sun lounger, you know, just just reading the news. Oh, nothing's happening. Blah blah. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> as if that's Neil. But what do you think of the international breaks? Are you do you enjoy them, or are you looking forward to football coming back? Yeah, I'm with. Yeah, looking forward to kind of the running, but the breaks are nice because, like Neil, when you're working in editorial, it's it's very full on during the week. It's kind of non-stop really up until the deadline, and so it's nice just to have that break. You know, we're covering matches like there's been so many double game weeks recently and stuff. There's been so many midweek matches, and of course that requires you to work later shifts and stuff. So it's nice just to have a bit of a cleaner week. Like I say, we focus a little bit and um, with chip strategies so being talked about so prominently now, it's nice just to have a bit of time to actually focus on that. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah it's, yeah, it's nice, but then we're obviously straight back into it next week um, leading up to uh, game week 31. Um, yeah. You're having a, a bit of a dip in your season, I'd say, at the moment, down to yeah. 124k. Mark is, whenever we do Black Box, you're, you and Neil... You're quite close yeah. to him. Your is is yeah. his targets number, you know, one and two. He's above now, isn't he? I think he's. Mm. I think he's. It might be a little bit above you, and now he's got Neil. I mean, oh, yeah. don't, Come on, Tom. Don't lose to Mark. Well, well. Man. Look, I mean, I've just um, I've written an article which is on the site this morning, which is kind of talking about the last few weeks. I've only played the triple captainship in twenty six. Mm. Haven't played any of the cheap chip, and it's wow. been pretty. Dis- it's been pretty disastrous. I mean, I was at thirty seven k, and I've kind of dropped. Uh, 120 something now but um i'm where you know it's not great but i'm wary that a lot of people ahead of me have probably put two or three chips out and so that's when i'm hoping to make a bit of it back it's not good but um it's not over yet so. no nope, it's not <laughs> no and we've got you know this is the perfect stream for you you know we're gonna look at relegation threatened teams and try and find you know god that's really oh, scraping the that's scraping very the barrel of options <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, so yeah. Um, yeah, Jenny and I yesterday did uh, top four uh, teams, um, like to Chelsea and, and Spurs, and Tom and I are going to look at who we think uh, are going to be safe from relegation. Interestingly enough, we've both gone for the same two uh, teams, but we've both gone a different on the on the third on the third team that we think is going to get relegated. So. Yeah, stay tuned uh, for that kind of at the end. Um, spoiler alert, we have not gone for too many wins for the teams that we're going to be talking about uh, in this stream. Um, but, you know, there, there is, there's always some options that emerge, isn't there, from, from these from these squads. I mean, do you remember Leicester a few years ago? Jamie Vardy, yeah. end of the season. I had um, Schlupp, Jeffrey Schlupp. He was my hero. Yeah, that season. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even even last um, season, I can remember um, I played a bench boost and I backed West Brom on it. And I think I had Sam Johnston, uh, Maitland Niles as well. Yep. And they both came in on the bench boost. So, yes, these teams aren't very good. But occasionally you can 
tie it in with a fixture run and, and maybe you can get a bit of value out of it. So they're not complete write-offs. We no. might be able to unearth one or two gems maybe in this video. So. Well, well sold, Tom. Well sold. <laughs> keep, keep people's interest. Um, right, let's hit, the, hit, with... hit the like button. Hit the like yeah, button. Hit... Oh, nice. <laughs> Tom's saying hit the smash and like button. Absolutely. <laughs> if, you, if you do unearth any gems, then yeah, do consider hitting the, uh, the like and subscribe. Um, right, let's take a look at some attacking data first. So all of the tables here... Um, are from Fantasy Football Scout members area, so check that out if you haven't already. I'm sure regular viewers um, know all about that. Um, all I've done on this table is I've taken uh, attacking data uh, since the 1st of January and looked at all the teams, and I've marked with a nice little star uh, the six teams that we're going to be talking about in this stream. Um, so the six teams that we decided are locked in this relegation race are basically from Brentford down so we've been kind to my Brighton, who are sort of one point ahead of, of Brighton, but I think we've, we've might have played a game less. Um, but we're looking at Burnley, uh, we're looking at Leeds, we're looking at Everton, we're looking at Watford, Burnley and Norwich um, as well. So these are the teams, you know, that, that all have a realistic chance of, of, of going down, uh, we think. Um, so looking at the attacking numbers, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting across both tables. I mean... I guess it's not really that surprising, but most of the relegation threatened sides, particularly for attacking data, are all clustered around the, the bottom. So um, since January, uh, bottom in terms of minutes per chance, which is what this table's um, uh, filtered by, is Norwich, 10.7, uh, Burnley, 10.4 minutes per chance, uh, and Brentford uh, with 10 minutes. Just to give a bit of context, Liverpool are the best a performing team, they have a minutes per chance every 5.1 minutes. So you're looking at, at double the amount of time it takes for, for these these sides to create a chance um, over kind of the top uh, teams. Um, then you've got Watford. So Watford are um, 16th uh, every 9.5 minutes. So again, not a huge amount in it. Everton, 8.8. .8. But then right up at the other end of the table, so actually in 7th place, I think it's 3rd, 4th, 5th, yeah, in 7th place is Leeds. Creating a chance every seven minutes. Interesting, isn't it? Leeds are so high, kind of on this on this scale. They the stats don't indicate here they are a team kind of struggling for goals or, or to create chances, um, but they're struggling to convert them, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's been improvement, hasn't there, over the past couple of games? They've beaten uh, it's Wolves, isn't it? They went to and turned that round after the the red card kind of changed the game in that behemoths, but they but they came out with the win. Um, they beat Norwich too, and, and Leeds are an always a team which um, you back the attack over the defence, don't you? Um, and that's that, that that kind of table backs that up a bit. I mean, they've got some good attacking players. It's a shame about Bamford, mm. um, who looks as though he's picked up another knock. Um, but with players like Rafinha and Rodrigo stepped up a little bit in these last couple of games as well, they've got the firepower, I think, to to, to get them safe, basically, which you can't say that about the other sides, which we'll touch on in a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably not a huge amount of, su of surprise to see kind of Watford down the bottom, Burnley and, and Norwich. I mean, th these are, you know, th these yeah. we know, we've, particularly with Hodgson coming in for Watford, they've gone from, you know, a re really good attacking numbers right yeah. down. But as we see, the defensive numbers have improved. Um, it is a bit of a surprise to see Brentford so low down, though, and Everton. I mean, for different reasons, Everton, you know, they're a top eight club, like easily kind of every season. They've, they've ne they haven't been in this position before never been relegated from the Premier League for example yeah. um, and you know I've got quality players kind of in the side um, and started the season quite strongly under Benitez as well so 
just really highlights the dip. But what about Brentford though? I mean, Brentford third from bottom. When we talk about starting the season strongly, they yeah. were an incredible team to watch right at the start. But yeah. it's been it's been laborious, I'd say, since for the last kind of couple of months. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, yeah, started out really well, came up with that kind of back three, back five system. Tony started the season pretty well, actually. I think he got, you know, he got, was it four attacking returns in the first six weeks, something like that. And Buemo as well was, um, they seem to have a really nice system in place there. Took a massive dip. Now they have got back on track a little bit of late. They've switched to a back four and they got those two really important wins recently, didn't they, against um, Burnley and then Norwich. And I think those are massive. Had they yeah. not won those, I think we would have been, maybe talking about them a little bit more in this video but picking up six points from those games against relegation rivals so important Ericsson coming back into that or coming into that team as well gives them that extra little bit of quality doesn't it I know he missed out with Covid at the weekend but he should be fine for the run-in so um, yeah you can't say that about a player of Ericsson's quality Mm. coming into that team um, the way you can control games, I think that's really big for them. And those two wins, massive. Um, I think Brentford will have enough. I mean, we'll see what you've predicted as, but um, it would take a pretty big collapse for them to go down now, I think. It so, would. I think Ericsson was the was the signing that kind of yeah. save, saves them, really. I think without him, I think they would really be struggling because it, yeah. it was just about breaking teams down, right? And they, now they've got someone to make that kind of final pass. Yeah, what um, a player to bring in at that stage of the season as well when you're struggling to bring a player of that quality and if they can keep him <laughs> fitting in that team. And he had been playing 90 minutes before COVID as well. It wasn't like he was having to come off yeah. and he was he, he, he was out at like 70 minutes. He was playing the full match. And I think um, switching system... Yeah, I think uh, I think they'll be okay. Tony hitting a bit of form as well. Having a goal scorer for the run in is so important. Mm. Um, so I think I think Brentford will probably be okay now. So. Yep. Um, what about Everton then? I mean, there's um, there's already uh, Tech XEO in the chat asking us if we think Richarlison is a good idea. We'll, we'll talk a bit more about each yeah. of the FPO assets from the teams going forward. Um, but from an attacking sense, uh, Everton. I mean, a seven point one percent. Goal conversion. I mean, again, for context, Chelsea have been the best over this period of 15%. You know, Spurs, Liverpool, West Ham. You know, mm. there's not many teams with, you know, a, 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 in fact, there's only three teams with a worse goal conversion than Everton over this period. So yeah. they're struggling to create chances and they're yeah. struggling to finish them as well. Not the yeah. best combo, is it? No, no. I mean, they're not in a good place, are they? I mean, the January recruitment... I think it had a lot of people question it at the time when they brought in Deli Ali and Van der Beek. Um, they brought in El Ghazi from, from my team, yeah. Villa, who's hardly featured at all. They sold Luca Dean to us. And you kind of think, well, that was because of a fallout with Benitez. But then Benitez was sacked a week later. And you kind of think, well, the problem is now is they, they've been playing a bit of a, a back three system. And I just don't think they've got the wing backs for it at all. They leave so much space when, I mean, I didn't cover the FA Cup game at the weekend, but when I saw that Palace lineup and you saw Olise and Zaha and Eze all starting and you thought this is going to be a long afternoon for Everton and they just got absolutely pummeled, didn't they? I mean, it's 4-0, I think, in the end. And um, you do worry for them um, because I don't really think Lampard... He seems to be switching systems quite a bit. And I don't really think he knows what his best team is at the moment and the best setup. And... um, I think they'll probably have enough to be safe, but um, it's, it's not looking great, is it? Uh, it's really not. I mean, 11 minutes El Ghazi's 
played. Yeah. I mean, why why has he been signed? I mean, he got ten goals last season. Yeah, you know, and they're a team struggling for goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're a team struggling for goals, and they've got a player like that who who they're not using. I, I agree. I, I don't. I just don't think Lampard's. You know, when they signed Deli Ali and Van der Beek, I was immediately thinking, "How, how gonna, does it work?" They're yeah, not going to fit these two. Yeah, 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 they're, they're, yeah, exactly. I completely agree. Um, and you kind of think, "Well, look, Lampard must know what he's doing." So you give them the benefit of the doubt, and then you watch the team play, and you're thinking, "Well, Van der Beek's a bit <laughs> deeper." You well, know, Deli Ali isn't really a starter there, is he? So he's come in, and again, a bit like he's playing more minutes than El Ghazi, but he's not starting, you know, each week. And they needed players to come in in January who were going to impact that first team, because um, Mikolenko's been in, in and out as well, the, yep. the Ukrainian left back. Um, Kenny's been playing on the left a bit, and it all just seems a bit of a mishmash. Calvert Lewin, you know, they they need him firing, and um, they can't get him up. So Richarlison's been up front. Um, he did look all right in the double game week, actually. He was a bit unfortunate not to return. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not looking good at Everton. They, it's a big summer. If they do stay up, it's going to be a huge summer for them. Um, they need to get their, their transfer strategy right, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Everton, um, I mean, there's there's been sort of various different matches played since since January because of all the postponements. But yeah. I mean, Everton have played 10 games, which is kind of about the average. And they mm. sit second from bottom for big chances created. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about the minutes per chance being low, but in terms of these big chances, they're just mm. not they're just not having yeah. them. And that's because they're just missing creativity so much in, in the, yeah. you know, from from anyone, really. Yeah. Um, final thing I mentioned is just Leeds. Uh, just quickly back on Leeds. If you just look at the hit the woodwork stat, uh, no team since January has hit the post uh, more times than Leeds eleven times. Yeah, as um, a Rafinha owner, I fucking remember quite, <laughs> quite a few of those. So. Unbelievable! You think if they just converted half of those, they'd yeah. probably be be fine, you know, fine margins, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Um, right, let's take a look at some defensive numbers then. I mean. You know, this is kind of where I think the the it is going to be one of the you know having a great attack is is great, but really you know quite a few of these teams just need to grind out points at this stage. Mm. The, the bottom three, you know, really are going to need to do something quite special to to stay up. Whereas the other teams, I think, just need to get a couple of draws or just the old mm. one nil or something like that to probably have a hope. Um, so again, you can see the the defensive numbers since January. Uh, this is filled by minutes per chance conceded. Again, we've got all these teams kind of clustered down the down the bottom. Um, of the league that we're talking about and Leicester I mean Leicester continue to disappoint um, in terms of these defensive numbers still conceding chances at, at a really alarming rate but the best team here the best team since January and it's not really a surprise because we all knew this would happen when Roy Hodgson took over uh, but Watford they are the only team who uh, you know sort of feature on the on this list sort of relatively high up there's not a huge amount in it between them they're conceding a chance every 7.2 minutes uh, Leeds, for example, is like 6.7. Uh, Norwich is 5.5, um, I believe. So again, we're not talking huge amounts. I mean, again, for context, City, 15.5 minutes per chance created. Absolutely crazy. Uh, Liverpool, 11.7. But the fact Watford's have improved so much defensively, do you think that gives them any chance at all of, of staying up? They've got a chance because... Um... We'll focus on it later, but the, we reach out about it yesterday. The home games feel winnable for Watford. They've got a good little run, haven't they? So they've got a chance. Um, it's whether they can balance those defensive numbers and get enough out of their attacking players to win games. Mm. Um, I think they've got some good forward players. They've got Saar coming back. Um, who's missed the last few games. And then Kucho's hit a better form recently. So I think they've got the... 
they've got the players to do it. I think it's probably it's probably Watford or one other team to go down for that kind of 18th place. And yeah, they've got a chance for sure. Um, you say and, that, my predictions might surprise you. Yeah, yeah. So, well, <laughs> well, let's see. But yeah, they've it's those home games feel winnable for them. So if they can get, you know, if they can get three or four wins from those games, I think it's five home games they've got left, I think. Um, they've got a chance, haven't they? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at some of the other sort of defensive numbers, not on this table, but minutes per XG conceded, uh, Watford at the top of out of all these teams, every 63.7 minutes, um, which puts them around the likes of Southampton, Palace, you know, Brighton. These are these are kind of decent numbers. You look at Norwich, 37.3 minutes per XG conceded. So they're yeah. basically expected to concede nearly three goals every match they play. Um, Leeds are kind of the next one, forty-eight point seven. So there's quite a big disparity between between the two. And you know, this is Dean Smith coming in. We thought he might have an impact, but they're they're bottom of the attacking data since January, yeah. bottom of the defensive data. Yeah, we're talking about them. They haven't got a hope. I, there's, I, I can't think of any way in which in which they stay up. Um, no, they put they put a bit of a run together, didn't they? A, f- a couple mm. of months back, and they won a couple of backs. They went to Watford, didn't they? Just before I think it was Ranieri was sacked, and they got that win when when Josh Sargent scored that goal, and it gave them a bit of momentum. But they just they just lack quality. You know, you look at all the squads down there, and, and you look at the front players that they've got there in the midfield, and they're, they're just it feels Championship, and that that. That's the way it's going to go, I think. Unfortunately, they lost um, they lost Buendia last summer, didn't they? And um, the best player kind of coming up, you lose him, and, it, and they didn't really replace him. Um, there's nobody nobody who's creating chances there. And um, yeah, I mean, I skimmed through their prediction results pretty quickly, and it was um, it, it looks pretty bleak for them. I think it does. Yep. Um, just the final stat, just to plug on on Watford, is minutes per big chance conceded. Um, we talked about them, you know, scoring uh, or getting big chances, and, and Everton struggles with them. But Watford minutes per big chance conceded every sixty one point one minutes. That is on par with the likes of Tottenham, Wolves, Aston Villa, all around this kind of sixty minute mark. You've mm. got to go. Then you go right. You drop right down when you look at someone like Burnley, um, and even more so. I mean, Norwich is every twenty eight point four minutes Leeds is every 33.9 so mm. again all these kind of defensive stats just indicate that, that Watford are by quite some margin the, the best defensive side out, out of these yeah. these teams just yeah, is which, is, which is why that Wolves result a couple of weeks back was so surprising because yeah. they lost 4-0 at Molyneux and we were going into that game thinking that feels like a 1-0 Wolves or a, a tight draw they kind of fell apart in that which is a bit concerning but but when you look at the numbers they're it does suggest, I mean, they played Arsenal and conceded three the week before that as well, but that is Arsenal. But the Wolves result was a real kind of standout result. It, it feels quite odd when you're looking at Hodgson's run since he's been there. But um, yeah, they need to tighten up, but they, they should have the home games to do that. Um, well, home home form is, is really interesting with, with Watford because mm. they beat United 4-1 in game week 12. Yeah. Since then... They've lost 2-1 to Chelsea, 3-1 to Man City, 4-1 to West Ham. These are all home games. Mm. 1-0 to Tottenham. They lost 3-0 at home to Norwich. Lost 2-0 at home to Brighton. Lost 4-1 at home to Palace. 3-2 loss to Arsenal. They haven't won a home game since game week 12. Yeah. When they beat United. And, you know, it's really interesting because they've got these these home games to play. They've got four teams that that we're talking about here. They've got Everton, Burnley, Leeds, 
Um, and who's the other one? Is it? Is it? It's Brentford, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's yeah, those four. Leeds, Brentford, Burnley, Leicester, and Everton. Yeah, so, so so four of those teams we're talking about. Yeah, you look at that and think they've they've got a chance here, but they have got to sort out those home yeah. those that home record because it's appalling. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you were reading off that list, it was at the beginning. It's understandable because the team, yeah. the quality team, but then obviously the Norwich result, which signalled the end of Ranieri. But then after that, the Brighton loss. Yep. And the, the Palace, you know, conceding four at home to them. That They've got to sort that. They've got to start keeping clean sheets at home. If they can do that, you'd probably back Watford to nick a goal in those games. But yeah, got to tighten up, haven't they? So. Their last win, I believe, and their last clean sheet was against Villa, your team. <laughs> yeah, that, I can remember one that nil. game. Yeah, I mean, we had um, we had a lot of shots in that one, but they did really well at restricting us from mm. range. We didn't really create many chances against them. And it felt like a typical Hodgson performance in that one. Um, Ismail Asar was brilliant, mm. um, but he's obviously missed a few games. So I think getting him back um, will be key for them for, for the yep. running, getting him back and, back and firing. So. Yep. And grinding out some more of those Hodgson one nils. Yes. Um, Okay, let's take a look at the assets then from these kind of six teams. So, I mean, we'll probably get through these quite quickly because I don't think there's a huge amount uh, to talk about. Um, All of these tables, again, are from from Fantasy Football Scout. I filtered them all by minutes per FPL uh, point. We'll start with Brentford. Um, And this is again since since January, all of these. So top of the pile, no surprise, is Ivan Toney. He went yeah. on a ridiculous run where he has something like every six minutes or something, he was getting an FPL point. That's That's kind of over the last six weeks or something. But since January, it's been just shows he's hit that form quite recently with the penalties he's had and, and the goals he scored. Yeah. Um, what do you make of him for, for the season? Do you think he's he's a potential option for us? Well, I think the ship might have sailed, to be honest, with that one, because um, they haven't got an easy run of fixtures, Brentford. I was looking at the last three and I think they improved towards the end. I think they've got Southampton, Everton and Leeds. But the problem is, is that Brentford aren't going to double. Mm. So realistically, in 36 and 37, our transfers are going to be focused on those who do double. So I don't see this. I'd be very surprised if if any of the Brentford players come back onto our radar for the run-in now. I think um, that time to invest in Tony was a few weeks back when they had that good run of fixture, when they were playing Burnley, when they were playing Norwich. And um, I like Tony. I tipped him at the start of the season. But I think now, I think it's hard to make too much of a case for him. Yeah. Um, and defensively, I don't think you're going to touch him because of the lack of doubles. And Buemo is just, uh, mm. he's on a dip. He just can't seem to convert. Well, he hasn't all season, has he? Um, talking about hitting the post, I think he's hit the post about six or seven times alone, hasn't he? Um, mm. So, yeah, I, don't, I struggle to see how, I don't think they're going to have much interest um, now um, for the run-in. I'll be, I'll be surprised to see many Brentford players in people's teams. Same. I mean, Ray is there at four point three. Um, he, he's yeah. come in and, and done quite a good job when he's when he's been you know when he's played. This kind of improved Brentford as we kind of thought it would. But I mean, you've got Foster at four point one, and you know, Watford with those yeah. home games under Hodgson yes. with the better defensive numbers, and they've got a yeah. double as well. Yeah. So it's hard to consider him. I mean, Ericsson's there, um, twenty seven point yeah. three. You know, the, the stats aren't amazing though. Um, you know, Grant no. he's only come into this, in, into the side quite recently, but. No, minutes per point every 27.3 is poor. Like, I, yeah. I don't see how he can break up the midfield template either. Yeah, I didn't mind him on a free hit last week. 
and I know he didn't play, but I can see why people went with it because Leicester had been struggling with set pieces and things like that. I could see, but but as a terms of like a, he seemed like an ideal free hit player, didn't he? Um, but now, yeah, I don't think you're going to go there. Midfield is pretty competitive now, isn't it? And finding slots for players. Um, so yeah, I don't think we'll go there. Nope. Uh, okay, Leeds next. So again, this is this is an interesting table because the the player that we're all kind of talking about. It actually does really poorly um, when we look at the minutes per FPL point. No prize for guessing who that is. Uh, top performing player in terms of minutes per point is Gelhart because he comes off the yeah. bench and, and scores. Uh, yeah. You've got Harrison though, 17.1. Uh, then you've got Rodrigo, 20.9. Then you've got Dan James, 24.3. Where is he? Where is he? Oh, there he is. He's next. Rafina. A minutes per FPL point every 30 minutes. So he's averaging, what, three points and not. A game, yeah. Um, you know, for a player of his quality, that's again since January, he's created twenty-eight chances in that time, um, which is you know it's it's up there with, with some of the best players in the league, but yeah, just not getting returns. Just some excellent point dodging. I mean, it's yep. just been unbelievable. I mean, that game when he hit the post twice in the game, he created so many chances um, a couple of weeks back. And uh, But we keep seem to saying it over the course of the season. So does there come a point where you just say, you know, enough's enough kind of thing? Yeah. Because um, we, 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 we've been able, and he's in my team, and I captained him for that double game week recently. And I really thought that Jesse Marsh was going to get a little bit out of him. Like he, he went to Leicester and then he had the home match after that against Villa. And um, yeah, they, he, he, he just underwhelmed in that. And he has been showing signs of getting back to life recently. The thing is with Rafinha now is that he's got two good games coming up. Um, they've got uh, Southampton and Watford next. Then he blanks. So for people holding him, you've got to consider that if you're not free hitting. Um, they will double again towards the run-in um, or, or during the run-in, but I think one of those games is against Chelsea. So um, it depends when that falls, how appealing he's going to be. I suppose the good thing with Bamford possibly being out for a while is he should be back. He should be on penalties. He should be, I say. Mm. There's a new manager there. We don't know for sure, um, but you'd hope that he would be. So I think like me, I think it makes sense to hold him for a couple more weeks, but he's been a frustrating owner, hasn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting as well with him because I mean, does he does he really fit Marsh's tactics? Like, we know that um, he, he's a he's a big fan of Ranić, right? Um, he's yeah. come from comes from that kind of Red Bull school, and he yeah. likes this four two 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 formation, yeah. which I still struggle to kind of really get my my head around. Yeah, I'm an old school four four two kind of guy, <laughs> but you know, four four two suits Rafinha, right? He's a winger. He he, he plays off yeah. that. I mean, he yeah. he's almost playing as a kind of centre forward if if Ranić kind of adopts that that style. Or he's trying to find a, a place for him. I think he, he moved over to the left, didn't he? In in the last game. He did. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which again, I, I think just screams to me of, of someone who is trying to fit a, a player into a system that isn't necessarily perfectly suited for it. I'd be very surprised if he was he was there next season, Rafina. I just think he's going to get so much interest. There's um, quite a bit of noise about it, isn't there, at yeah. the moment, and being linked with not just clubs over here, but I think Bayern Munich were mentioned as well. Yeah. And um, if that level of club are coming in. For him, it's going to be hard to keep a hold of him, isn't it? It's a bit like my team with Grealish. When those big, big clubs start circling, it's very hard to keep those type of players. Um, but maybe for Leeds, um, you know, if they get a good fee for him, they can reinvest that money and try and strengthen the squad a bit better than Villa did um, yeah. with that money. Yeah, so, um, but um, yeah, I think I think Rafinha there. I think if you if you own him and you've stuck with him, I think the next two games are probably good enough to to, to keep faith a little while longer. Um, outside of that, I don't think you're going to go there defensively, are you? I mean, Ailing, Ailing had a good game at, at Wolves, mm. but 
don't think, yeah, you know, you're not going to trust that back line. Rodrigo, a couple of goodish matches, but a lot of the, his, you know, what's going on with Bamford? Is he out long term? Or we need an update on that, don't we? It's, um, it feels like Rafinha's the one there that you're going to go for, if anybody. Yeah, defensive numbers are, are encouraging for, for Leeds. They've gone from the bottom team in terms of mm. um, minutes per XGI conceded to eighth over the, over the period that the Marsh has been in. Uh, you know that's to me, that is the the big sign that that they're that's an area which obviously he's he's looking to but they couldn't get any worse so <laughs> it's it's not like yeah. he's got a magic wand but you know they're they're getting Phillips back pretty soon you've got yeah you know, that's a he's, really he's, good point it is yeah so yeah, yeah I, I just I mean again if, if you're looking for a really cheap player I think someone like Ailing might might be someone that you could do but you've got Ben White at the same price with. You know, with it's hard to, to make too much of a case, isn't it, it is. for their for their it defenders, is. definitely. And 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 what I will say is, yeah, they won at Wolves, but until that red card, they exactly. were in trouble. They yeah. were they were defensively bad. Um, I thought anyway. Um, and that changed the game. And they've obviously won two back to back games now, which is massive for them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be looking at the defenders. I don't think there, there are better options with doubles coming up, imminent doubles like Burnley and Everton, which we'll touch on in a minute. Um, but that's probably where I'd be looking in terms of your cheap budget defenders. So. Agreed. Hi, everyone. Just taking a break here to mention this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's Better H-E-L-P. We all know that everything that's going on in the world is putting a strain on all of us. And reaching out to speak to someone is a good idea uh, if you are struggling. BetterHelp is an app that can help improve your mental health and you can match with your own licensed professional therapist within 48 hours. It provides a secure online platform for professional therapy who have a broad range of experience and this might not always be available locally to you. Uh, It lets you do this from your own home through video or phone sessions at times that suit you. You can even log into the app and send a message to your therapist 24-7 who will reply with a timely and thoughtful response. Note that it's also more affordable uh, than traditional offline therapy and there is financial aid available to you too. Uh, if you don't get on with your therapist, you can change therapists for free. Note that this is a US app, but there are clients worldwide, over 2 million of them. Uh, but do bear in mind of the time differences if you do decide to sign up. Uh, you can visit the website, which is betterhelp, betterhelp.com. Uh, you can check out the reviews, betterhelp.com forward slash reviews. Uh, there's people who've said that they love it because they hate going uh, places and they don't feel comfortable um, doing so, but they, they've they you know felt really good doing it through BetterHelp. Uh, other people have said that they're quick to respond to their messages, kind and understanding, and they feel comfortable opening up um, over the app without a fear of being judged. So if you like the sound of that, you can get 10% off your first month. Just go to betterhelp, betterhelp.com forward slash scouts. That gets you 10% off your first month. And you can join all the people uh, that are using the app. Um, okay, Everton next. So Everton with a whole load of games to be rearranged. They've got the double yeah. in 31. We really want there to be some some options. I mean, when Lampard signed, I did think, okay, defenders, no way. But surely he can start getting something out of the likes of Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin. You know, uh, Anthony Gordon had, had been playing well. Um, even before yeah. Lampard came in, but Lampard really kind of said, you know, this is almost like our kind of star player. Now gave all the set pieces and, and everything. Um, and if you look at minutes per FPL point, Gordon is, is top of the, the yeah. Everton assets by 
um, by some distance. Iwobi in second, he, he's scored you know a massive goal for them against against Newcastle. But then he was dropped, wasn't he, the week after? And then so, uh, and then he's yeah. in and out of the team. You, you kind yeah. of yeah, it's it's really tough to know. Um, I mean, look at look at Richarlison though. I mean, th- what's that? Thirty minutes. So again, he's, he's returning an average of three points a match. Someone of his quality, I think that's unacceptable really both in terms of FPL and in terms of the output he's, he's providing for Everton yes. at the moment I just look at Ali and I look at Richarlison and I think you're in a relegation battle they're like the last two players I'd want <laughs> like to try to try and be saving me they're just so temperamental aren't they and you know can be yeah. so good on their day but yeah I think the problem is is that a, Richarlison has to play in that team doesn't he especially with Calvert-Lewin out because they just haven't got any Good, you know, they they don't yeah. want to use El Ghazi, do they? Um, Lampard isn't obviously a fan of him, so they're, they're really struggling. What, what are you going to go for, Rondon? You know, you, you're going to play with Charleston, aren't you? But I know what you mean. They really needed him to kind of drag them up, and um, he was a bit unlucky in that double game week. I know a few people that took a punt on him, but um, feels like they need Calvert Lewin back. Um, and just to get him kind of as that main centre forward with Richarlison playing off them. And then Gordon on the other side. I mean, when you read those three players out, they, they should be doing better than they are, shouldn't they? I know. I mean, look at, let's talk about Calvert Lewin, because Calvert Lewin is a bit like when, when Janny and I were talking about Lukaku yesterday. Um, you know, in terms of minutes per point, Lukaku is rock bottom of, of the Chelsea, uh, play, all players for minute, mm. minutes per point. Calvert Lewin is fourth from bottom. Um, yeah. into, from Everton and you know he's played 555 minutes since the beginning yeah. of January so it's not like it's not nothing it's not like we've got no sample size here at all he's mm. played you know a, a substantial amount um, 22 touches in the penalty area uh, 12 shots inside the box is, is the league high for Everton over, over that period but he's just done absolutely nothing do you have any faith that he can kick on towards it? I mean they need goals they need go- yeah. and they need him to score them. Yeah. Any looks, faith? It, well, he looks really isolated. I watched them at Spurs when they lost um, recently, and he played for like seventy minutes, I think, mm. or around about that. Just couldn't get in the game at all. It feels like Calvert Lewin needs good wing wing backs and full backs there to get crosses into the box, and they've lost Luca Dean. I think that's a key part of. Um, you know, his game, that was such a strong point when you had Luca Dean on that advanced kind of left position, whipping crosses in. Calvert-Lewin is the target man, the focal point. I really like well, that. And Townsend's out now as well, isn't he? Townsend's yep, the out other, for the, the season other as well, which, yep. which just moving on to the wider players, that in terms of Gordon, if you're looking for a cheap fifth midfielder who can maybe step in on a bench boost, I quite like that because I think his position with Townsend out is a little bit, I think it was secure anyway, but now it's mm. probably even a little bit more secure um, Damara Gray could come in on the other side, I think. But um, yeah, I quite like Gordon for that fifth midfield spot. Um, but Calvert-Lewin, I'm going to need to see something from him before I go there. I went too early earlier on in the season when he was just coming back and I've kind of been burnt by that a little bit. bit unlucky. I think he missed a penalty when he came back and um, returned zero points and then got injured again or he was out yeah, of the team for some reason. Brutal. It's been really frustrating to own he has. So I'm going to need to see him come back in and do something. But there could be potential because they double in 31 
And I think I'm right in saying they're going to do back-to-back doubles. I think in either, I think in 36 and 37. I think they have to, given, yeah. given where the midweek um, blanks are. And they're, and they're good doubles as well because they've already got. Um, let's see, so they've already got Leicester and Brentford in those weeks at the moment. Now the games to rearrange are against Palace and Watford. So you're going to be the, so those are two really good back-to-back doubles. So for people like me who are probably going to wildcard in 34, players like Gordon. I think can be really good for for, for that kind of period. Um, defensively, I don't think you're probably going to go there, but Holgate has played quite a few games in a row now and he's 4.2. So if you're after a really cheap defender, I'm not quite sure how nailed he is. I'd want to look into that a bit more, but um, might be a little bit of value in there. But are we going to trust the Lampard team defensively? I don't know. No, I, I think not. I think Everton are the perfect team maybe to get in one one player yeah. max on your so Gordon, yeah. on a on a thirty five thirty six wildcard because yeah. they haven't got the double in thirty three. You know they're no. they're not they're not in a good moment as it is. I mean Cavalier yeah. came off the bench again. It was a smart assist, um, but you know the, the fixture run is awful. But then like you say from thirty six and thirty seven, if they do get you know Leicester, Palace, Brentford, and Watford those four games over two weeks, then. That, that could be quite nice for, for someone like Cavalier who, who no one's going to win. Yeah, and especially if they're in the relegation scrap and those games are six-pointers for them, yeah. that would actually be good. You know, you can imagine them at Goodison with a crowd behind them. Maybe they can pull out a couple of results there, um, which they have done at home. Um, and they've been really bad away, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but at home, they haven't been quite so bad. And they've actually won a couple of games under Lampard, I think, in two or three games. They nicked the late one over Newcastle, didn't they? Um, and I think they beat Leeds as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not completely writing off Everton. I'm keeping an eye on them and watching them. Hopefully, we'll see by the point when people do want to invest a little bit of signs of improvement, give us something to go on, you know? Yep, that's what we want to see. Something, just something to make us think they could be an option. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Okay, Watford next. Uh, Then, so uh, this is kind of really poor. If you look at the minutes for FPL points in January, there's there's Mm. no one uh, really is an option here. I mean, Dennis uh, is is kind of right near the bottom. The bottom, the bottom of the list. Have a guess who that is. At the bottom of the list, Josh King. Or... Josh King, yeah. yeah. 44 uh, minutes per FBL point. So yeah, not, bad. you know, t- that's two points. That's ex- that's two points a game, uh, essentially, when, when he plays. Dennis isn't that much better, uh, around the 38-minute mark. Um, right at the top, though, play- the only player who I want to talk about, really, Cucho. Yeah. Five million he costs. Mm. Only Dennis has got more goals now than Cucho, which... Probably doesn't say a huge amount, uh, but a minutes per point every twelve point five minutes. Now I'm tempted because I look at the kind of five million mark of, of forwards. You know, there's there's yeah. Huang at five four. Okay, you've got uh, Broya, um, kind of around the same price. But you've got like Gelhart. There's not a huge amount standing out. Agreed. I wonder if Cucho could be the the best option now out of that bracket. Thoughts? Perhaps um, now. He's kind of come back, he's come into the team. He started off the season quite well. He scored in the first game week against Villa, um, which is why I remember it. Um, and he's kind of come back into the team, come into the team. And he's actually, he's done pretty well um, in a couple of the games. Now he's been playing on the right of the kind of the front three. Now Saar is probably going to be fit for the next week, which would make you think that Saar will come back in onto the right, which might mean that Kucho has to move over to the left, which is where he hasn't been scoring his goals, but it's still, right. you know, cut, cutting into his stronger foot, it should be fine in, in theory. There's a little bit more competition over there. You've got Jao Pedro and you've got Josh King as well. Um, and Dennis who can shift over to that side. 
but because like like you say there's a lack of options there isn't there i mean i've been looking at mateta at palace um but i don't really have any real faith that of, that he's gonna hold on to that spot after what happened with edward i mean vieira has been bigging him up quite a bit but um you don't feel com- i don't feel confident with that especially with benteke there as well so cucho it feels like it's his shirt to lose at the moment my worry is that one bad performance from him and he's out the team doesn't feel like he's nailed at all you know so that's the risk because I'm thinking of, I'm looking at players now who I can bench boost with. Cucho feels a bit too risky for me um, in that situation, but they've got those home games. And if they're going to stay up, they're going to need these players to, to step up. Um, so I don't think it's terrible, um, but the bench boost thing is key for me. Same. Well, that's, I've, I've got yeah. the bench boost as well. And mm. at the, well, at the moment I'm thinking of using it in 33, but I've got a Huang who doesn't have a game. So, at least okay. Kucho would have so, one. But... So you're looking at, yeah, and it's a good fixture that week, right? So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's Brentford. Brent, Brent, yeah, they've, I mean, they are really good home games. I think if I was going to go for Watford, I'd, I'd prefer Saar, um, who's on it, who's been called up for Senegal. He should be fine for when they come back. Rodgers really talked him up. Um, he had a good game at Villa Park a few weeks back when he came back into the team. Um, I think he's kind of key, but the problem is, it's the midfield spots. It's so yeah, competitive. That's, that's it. Can't get him in. Can't fit him in. Can't no. put him in over other players, so that's and why they're what, around about the same price, and I, I can't yeah. see any any reason why you'd go for Sar over over Martinelli. Well, I've got yeah, I've got Martinelli yeah. on my team, and it's um, it, it's not you know I'm, I'm not talking about Martinelli too fondly at the moment after what happened to me in game week thirty when I had uh, Rafinha, Martinelli, um, Ramsdale, and uh, one other blank oh Kilman as well. I had four yeah, and five, oh, yeah, I think. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Martinelli's not in my good books at the moment, but he's a great player. And I completely agree that it's hard to say, go for Saar over somebody like Martinelli, because yeah. Martinelli, of course, has got those good fixtures as well. So, yeah, um, yeah it's hard it's hard to back him. But I think because of the limited amount, I can see why you're looking at somebody like Cucho. I'm not yeah. completely against it. So. Joe Roberts in the chat says, remember when everyone owned King and Dennis and decided that captaining one of them was a good idea? Yes, yeah, that was me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had both, and, and it was hard to get rid of them after as well. I think I had to run with them for a cup. Didn't they get another double ga- game week after? I think, I think they, yeah, they just kept getting them dropped so, in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean that 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 was might have been the start of my downfall this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it will take a lot of for people to go back to Watford now, won't it? Even with those good home fixtures. I remember hovering over Ronaldo to Dennis, um, and I was going to captain him. <laughs> And in the end, I just thought, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I captained King. Days. I think I went with King that week, but I did mm. own them both. And um, King was slightly better off because he didn't get a red card, but he did nothing as per normal um, or as per, as per usual. So, yeah, it's been pretty bleak, hasn't it, owning Watford players this year? It so. has. Uh, it's also been fairly bleak owning Burnley players. Yeah. Uh, unless you were kind of on the right side of, of the me and Pope um, you know, yeah, kind of and, and Veghorst, if you got on him early, absolutely. And, and the early um, Veghorst points, he's been really poor kind of since yeah. then. So, since January, is me and Pope who are the two kind of standout options, particularly me, um, 15.5 uh, minutes per FBL point. It then drops off quite a massive. I mean, even Pope, for example, is 20.5. So, you're not getting exactly getting huge hauls um, from him. Veghorst, over 25.2. I mean, that's all basically he basically hasn't done anything since he right. smashed us at, you know, at Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, it's, it's kind of hard to get excited about anyone. I mean, what, you know, they've got this double game week coming up. They've got plenty of other games coming. Yeah. Are you looking at any of their players? 
Well, they're the only team with five matches over the next three game weeks, aren't they? they are. They've got two. They've got two doubles, and the game in between is actually really appealing as well because they're away at Norwich. So I can see why people are looking at it. Um, but it's Burnley, isn't it? And we're, you know, I've got Veghorst. I've held him. Um, I've been able to bench him in a few game weeks, and uh, so I've got him. And I'm happy to obviously play him now because of that volume. Even appearance points alone over that, he's going to get. You would hope ten points, isn't he, from those five games? Whereas, um, you know, other players around that that Brighton might only have three games. So just the additional appearance points is at least something. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see why people are looking at Pope, um, Connor Roberts as well. The right back seems to have nailed down that spot ahead of Loughton. I think he's really cheap. I think he's 4.4. Um, so, yeah, Pope and, and, and Roberts at the back. I, I can see why people are looking at them. Veghorst up front as well. I don't think you're going in with any real kind of um, confidence in it, but I can see why people are punting on it, given those those double game weeks. Midfield, Cornet, I, I, I don't think, uh, you know, he's not really shown enough, has he? And Dwight McNeil, I mean, what a what a disappointment that's been I for know. FPL terms, because he's a player I always watch, and I actually quite like him some of the time when I watch him. He's quite creative, but it's just attacking returns and just aren't, you know, it's minimal. I think you can count it on, I think he's got what, like, one or two assists across the season or something. It's mad because he plays a lot of minutes as well for that team. But they just can't score at the moment, Burnley, can they? I think they've gone three games without scoring now. Well, like um, only only Cornet's had more touch in the penalty area than than um, uh, McNeil. Uh, McNeil, yeah, over yeah, that time. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's not he's not converting into opportunities or goals or anything. It's yeah. I think he's yeah, he's going to be really disappointed with, with the season he's had, and, and Burnley will as well because he's yeah. He was that kind of creative spark, wasn't he? He was the one that I yeah, kind of looked yeah. at at Burnley and thought, is it, maybe this guy's a bit too good to be playing. Like at the, well, he got, uh, this, he got linked with some better clubs I know. a year ago, but he's failed to kick on from that. And he got dropped, Dice dropped him a few weeks back and uh, to try and get something out of him. And he came back and he played well and then he's dipped a little bit again. But yeah, I mean, Burnley, I think, I think they are going to go down. I think they're going to struggle. But I can see why people are kind of eyeing them up. And I'm not against... Uh, a poke because I think he'll pick up save points regardless, even if they do concede. I think Connor Roberts is really cheap and I can see why you could bring him in. Um, and then Veghorst, just, I mean, we're dealing with limited options up top, aren't we? Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, not against that either. One assist for McNeil all season, no goals. Is it one? Yeah, I thought it was low. I didn't realise, I thought it was two, but yeah, God, yeah, it's bad, isn't it? So. Uh, yeah, and, and the final team then is, is Norwich. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be considering any of their players. Like I said, bottom of no. attack, bottom of defence. Yeah. The one player I, I will mention is is Ida, yeah. uh, just because I think his injury is is really what kind of finished them them off. They were yeah. probably already done before that, but he was I'd the agree. kind of, he yeah. was the kind of spark, I thought, that, that was kind of, you know, looking yeah. quite good. Yeah, you've got, I agree. You got Pookie there as well. Um, he's he's done okay, sort of, sort of lately. But I think we just move on, right? No one's going to be buying any, any Norwich players, so let's not even bother trying to. <laughs> no, <laughs> I trying mean, to yeah, them. a couple of all right home fixtures. I think they're down to double um, in one of the game weeks, but I just there's nothing there. Um, I think if you're looking at players from these relegation teams or these re- relegation threatened teams I think you're going to go for your Burnley's and your Everton's over your, your Norwich's any day so, yeah. I mean the, the key thing with Norwich is who their opponents are really and, and, and targeting players who are playing them so I mean they've got, yeah. they've got a, a horrible run in as well I mean they've got United, Villa, West Ham Wolves, Spurs and Leicester all to play so yeah. I would imagine there's going to be some pretty heavy defeats 
uh, for them sort of coming up and and you know being on the right side of that is is yeah because as soon as it's big. mathematically as soon as it's mathematically done yeah. then you would expect you know that's why we're that's why we're talking about some of these teams because if you go into the last two three four games and they've got so much ride on it you might be able to get a performance out of some of those players but if they're already down then um what motivation have they got so. well their final two games are against spurs and leicester Mm. I think, oh, they? No, actually, they might not be. I might have done that. Let me, let me tell you what they've the, the last two games been. were against Wolves and, and Spurs, but they Wolves might have the, the double might go into that's 37, it. which is against which is Leicester. Leicester. That's it. That's so it. Right. Yeah. that that might they, they might end up with those two to oh, finish final. on. And if and if that's the case, you're gonna you're gonna be looking at Kane and Son and yeah, um, Madison and possibly Vardy if he's back. So yeah, we're talking about teams playing them, aren't we? So, a final a final game against Spurs. You know, I mean, Spurs might still be in the hunt for top four and, and playing against yeah. Norwich. That's that looks like a could be a Captain Kane, Kane game. Captain yeah. Kane. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a look at our predictions um, then. So on the screen, I've just got the wins, losses, and draws that we predicted for kind of each of the sides. Um, I'll scroll through these pretty quickly. Uh, as I said, not too many wins are predicted from either of us across all of these different matches. Sort of like forty eight games plus or something um we've both gone for one win for brentford uh you've gone for two wins for leeds i've gone for one uh you've gone for two wins for everton i've gone for none so okay. that is going to be quite key when we look at the table i have mm. gone for two watford wins though uh and you've gone for one mm. um and then burnley i've gone for no wins you've gone for two uh and then norwich we've gone for eight losses and, and one draw um yeah. it does change our table um, a bit though those two wins for Watford for me um, actually sees them surviving oh okay so yeah. I've got Watford to survive on 29 points and the fact Everton I don't think are going to win another game between now the end of the season puts them on 27 uh, which relegates them so my three to go down are Everton Burnley and Norwich um, and your three are kind of as it stands right now yeah. uh, which is Watford Burnley uh, and Norwich so I think we both agree that Brentford and Leeds are probably going to be fine. Um, yeah. And and again, I think the Marsh appointment, you know, was was big in that because I I think they were really really in trouble with if they'd, they'd stayed under Bielsa, just given that he just wasn't. Yeah. He was so stubborn with his tactics. I think um, your point about Calvin Phillips as well is a really key one because I think if you put Calvin Phillips back in that team and Cooper's coming back as well, I think they'll have enough. Um, Bielsa, yeah, we can criticise him, but he was missing key players, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so getting those players back will make a, a big, big difference because uh, I think they'll score goals under Jesse Marsh. So um, I think Phillips back is key. But um, Did you... yeah, I mean, I the reason, say... um, sorry, just going on that Brentford yeah, one, um, I put a win down and I put my win against West Ham, which is coming up. And the reason why I put that win in is because the game is in between the Europa League games mm. for West Ham. So I was kind of eyeing that up, thinking if they're playing thir- they're, they're, they're playing Thursday, Thursday, I think it's against Leon, and that Brentford game's in the middle, and it's up Brentford, and I just thought maybe that might be a game where Mo- Moyes doesn't rotate a lot, but he might have to take two or three players out in that one, maybe. So that's what I was kind of looking for there. And I think one one win for Brentford all, and, and maybe a couple of draws will probably be enough, won't it? Yep, it will. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the I think what this shows um, is, is just how ridiculously vital these points are for, for these sides because yeah. you know I, I think what could Watford could survive if they just win two games yeah, between now and the end of the season um, yeah. and the two games I predict them to win against Burnley and Everton in, 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 their, in their two home games yeah. um, 
So yeah, if you know, I think particularly with Watford, if if they can get a couple of wins in those key games, or if other teams can just get a kind of a freak result, I think you only probably need two wins, two or three wins from the remaining games, and you're you're fine. Yeah. And you're, all of these managers, of course, all of these six sides we've looked at, I've got to think that's possible to do apart yeah. from apart from Norwich. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's. Yeah. It's achievable. Any any of these teams could could go down feasibly if if the teams can can just get a a, a couple more results. Yeah, completely. It's 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 Watford in that home form. It's you know when you read out that list or read out that list earlier about their home results and it it doesn't give you in confidence. But if they can come out of this international break and they can just keep it a bit tighter, if they're just conceding you know one goal at home and a, and a couple of clean sheets, like you say, that might be enough to get. Because I think I think. I think they will score in those home games. I think they've got enough with Saar coming mm. back in, Cucho, Dennis, King, I think, and, and Pedro as well. I think I think they'll be able to get a little bit out of that front front unit. So um, yeah, mate. Yeah, the home form is going to be key, isn't it? Absolutely massive games at home against teams in and around them. But it feels like it's in their hands a little bit, doesn't it? Even though they're in the bottom three, they've got an opportunity yeah, to get out of it. That's what I mean. I think I think if you if you offer Hodgson any of the fixture schedules for any of the teams, oh, yeah. I think he I think he picks Definitely. the ones that he's got because it, it as you said it keeps it in in their own hands. Imagine Watford survive with twenty nine points and Everton get relegated. That would be Everton getting relegated would almost be you know as big as a shock as okay, yeah. not as big as a shock as Leicester winning the league, but it would be it would be a monumental thing to happen if if, Leicester, yeah, if such, Everton got relegated. Such a permanent fixture, aren't they, in the Premier League? And they have been. Um, and you always think with these type of clubs, they're going to be fine. And I can remember thinking it with Villa as well. We'd been yeah. in, the, in the top tier for so long, but all it takes and and the mismanagement has come from those above the manager as well. We spoke about issues with Lampard, but it's come from above really. And the Premier League is so competitive these days that um, if you're making mistakes at that level, you'll get found out. And that's where, where they are at the moment. Poor recruitment. Um, I can't get my head around that, that Benitez sell Luca Dean then sack the manager no. a week later. El Ghazi was brought in under Benitez. Lampard doesn't want him. Like, where is the leadership coming from above with that? Um, it, it just, it seemed like a knee-jerk decision to get rid of Benitez without really thinking about it. Um, and I think they're in trouble. I think they're in trouble. I think we'll probably both agree that that 18th place is probably between them and Watford, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think absolutely. Yeah, I, I, it's a shame because I look at Burnley and you know I love what Deitch has done there and and you know mm. I, I just look at the running they've got and yeah you know I've got I've got no wins for them. You've given them two wins and two draws, so you you've actually given them a a fairly decent end of the season. You know if they get six eight points, but that's yeah. not enough. No, that's exactly. not enough. You know, yeah. so it's almost like Burnley need a miracle. They need to win probably three or four games. Um, to, to stay up and, and I just I just can't see I just can't see that happening I don't think they score enough I think no. that's the problem um, and again you know they, they sold Chris Wood and they bought Veghorst in but it it was like a like like for like replacement a bit of an upgrade but they needed to add quality to that team it wasn't just a case of replacing it they needed more options I think and um, I, I think Jay Rodriguez is an okay striker but I don't think he's a, a week in week out starter Cornet hasn't been fit you know Deutsch always talks about him not being Premier League fit and it's been the case all season with them um and they just feel Ashley Barnes hasn't been fit either it just feels like a lack of options um 
there and I think scoring goals will be a real problem for them during the run-in and uh, yeah. that's why I think they'll, they'll, they'll probably go down this year. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, Tom, that's it. With long stream, this 52 minutes, lots of teams to, to cover. Uh, How have we done that? I know. Have we done 52 minutes on, on relegation teams and, and assets? Uh, hopefully everyone's uh, enjoyed it. Like I said, international break. This is where these these types of videos all sort of come in as we're, uh, we're looking for different types of content. Um, but thanks for joining me, Tom. It's been great to, to talk to you as ever. Uh, you'll be back next week with Joe and the captain video yeah. um, as always. Um, yeah. But until then, I'll say my goodbyes to everyone and thanks for watching and listening and see you soon. Cheers, I'll see you soon.